0: The NeatCast, your source for offbeat news. Marauding monkeys bring fear to historic Indian tourist haven. These monkeys have gotten aggressive. Anytime you hold a package in their hand, they'll come up and they'll snatch it from you. Like gang members. Like, take your chain. Oh my god. Hot takes on sports. Drew Brees is a legend. How dare you? He is, but he's done. No, he's not. You pardoned him. He's coming back. (laughs) He wants to pot in Drew Brees. I want to throw him in prison. And deep dives into the paranormal. The uh, Loveland Frogman. At approximately 3.30 a.m., an unnamed businessman, uh, the most credible witness maybe you can find. <laughs> unnamed, business. unnamed businessman. <laughs> I was just doing business when I saw Frogman. <laughs> Join us every Monday and let's talk some bullshit. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. What is up weirdos? You're listening to the Manic Pixie Weirdo. I'm Abigail, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about all the different kinds of relationships that we have in our lives. So this week we're talking about my personal relationship with abortion and Planned Parenthood. If you couldn't tell by the title, uh, this is a hot button issue, especially right now. I did not plan this, but it just sort of like happened this way, that this was coming out right around the same time that um texas is blah blah blah, 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 blah. texas is abortion law passed um so i wanted to go ahead and put a big trigger warning i'll put it in the description and everything too but a big trigger warning for miscarriages trauma and abortion because i will be talking about like my personal experience with those those topics so i just wanted to go ahead and put a big trigger warning if those are very sensitive topics for you please don't hesitate to turn off the podcast or just not listen to it skip it all together because it is such a hot button issue and it you know it can hit a lot of nerves with people so uh, i just wanted to go ahead and put that big trigger warning up here at the top of the episode uh, just for everybody so that uh, you can protect yourselves guys protect yourselves yeah and don't feel bad if this isn't an an episode that you feel ready to listen to or even want to listen to it's completely fine it's not for everybody then that's totally okay with that being said though i do want to go ahead and just like get right into it so okay okay like I said, this is a big hot button issue especially right now and I did not plan this. It just happened to work out this way that right around the same time that the abortion bill passed in Texas and several other states in the south, um Alabama too, I believe, and a couple of others, it just happened that way. It just it really just happened that way. So let's just get right into it. So I have had both a miscarriage and an abortion and there was a lot of trauma centered around that and I think that that's something that we need to talk about because it is and it can be for some people it's not necessarily um, a really traumatic thing but for me it was pretty traumatic Um, it was a pretty traumatic experience uh, with both I had a miscarriage first I and this sort of goes to you know the law that was passed on um, the law for those of you that don't know uh, that was passed here in Texas I'm not 100% sure what the law in like Alabama say is I'm not sure what they say I just really know what the law here in Texas says and basically it just says that you cannot get an abortion after six weeks Now, I personally feel that this is an attack on uh, the poor and minorities. It always is, and because uh, those that would be classified in the tax bracket or in a socioeconomic state, if you qualify as being a part of the upper middle class, at least what's left of it, or uh, wealthy, this does not affect you at all uh you will still be able to get an abortion that's just a fact (laughs) Uh, those people generally will go to states where it is legal to have an abortion after six weeks and or they'll go to other countries like canada or france uh those are two really popular places that people will go and get an abortion and you just kind of go away for a long weekend or a week and nobody really talks about it that much um so it doesn't really affect those with money as always. Uh, it really affects people who would be considered in the socioeconomic class of poor or lower middle class. Again, what's left of the middle class uh, not much is left. Uh, that that divide is gaping <laughs> has a gaping hole in it, but that's not here that's not what we're here to talk about right now. <laughs> Uh, that's a different episode that we will cover at some point. Do not fear. It really, it really affects those those socioeconomic groups and minorities a lot. Those are the two food groups, I guess, that it will affect the most. And whoo! <laughs> hot button issues. Yay! Uh so I was I was about twenty when I found out that I was pregnant. And I didn't find out that I was pregnant until the second trimester. Now, this is not true for every woman that gets pregnant. This is it just happened to be true for me. Uh, when I was pregnant the first time, I didn't show very much. I didn't... It just kind of looked like I was gaining a little bit of weight. But I wasn't showing, like, my belly wasn't, you know, huge. I wasn't... I was definitely like eating more and I was like more hungry. Um, I don't remember having any like weird cravings or anything like that. Um, my weight has always been like a really big issue for me. Um, we'll talk about that on a future episode as well. But it, it never like it wasn't plainly obvious that I was pregnant. Um, it definitely just looked like I had been, you know, like gaining some weight, which was normal. I later found out, which is normal for uh, for me, my mom, when she was pregnant with me, because uh, I'm the oldest, she found out, uh, you know, she notoriously has said that people asked her, you know, are you sure you're pregnant? Because she wasn't showing, you know, she just wasn't showing. And I have met many, many, many other women who have had that same experience where, you know, your pants just kind of fit a little bit tighter and you feel like you're just kind of gaining weight you're not you don't really know like unless you have a reason to know um or to suspect that that could be the case that you could be pregnant you don't it's just not like plainly obvious that's just not something that you do and i especially it didn't really occur to me to think that i was pregnant because i was on birth control um i was taking the pill at the time, now for those of you that don't know about the pill, I am not a huge advocate for the pill just because of my own personal experience with the pill. Um, you you have to take it like every single day, like at the same time every single day, and it kind of renders the birth control useless if you like skip a day or you like don't take it at the same time. And I was, I was really taking it more like around the same time every day. It wasn't like, like I had an alarm set on my phone for like whatever the time was, but then, you know, the alarm would go off and sometimes I'd be in the shower. So I'd be like, well, I'll just take it like as soon as I get out of the shower or whatever. So I wasn't, and it's entirely possible this is like completely my fault that it was just like, I just wasn't. Like, adamant enough and like vigilant enough on taking the birth control, like, when I was supposed to take it, taking the pill specifically. But yeah. Uh, I So I, I didn't really have a reason to suspect that I was pregnant because I thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing to prevent those things, um, you know, condoms and just kind of, you know, just all the things. And I, I really thought and so I, I I just really thought that I was doing all of the things that I was supposed to be doing uh, to prevent something like this from happening. So I didn't really have a um, a reason to suspect that I was even you know that I was pregnant. It was just more like I was just gaining weight, and I didn't really know why. I was also on uh, medications like Seroquel, and a side effect of Seroquel is that you will gain weight. And so I, I kind of chalked it up to like, well, you know, maybe that's what it is. Eventually, I stopped taking it because the weight gain became very, very, very triggering to me, and um. So I just stopped taking it because I couldn't handle it just wasn't good for my mental health to have that sort of be uh, a side effect of the medication that I was on, because it really, really affected my my ability to like focus on other things. But so I found out and how I found out that I was pregnant was I ended up like I don't remember why I was at the hospital. Or the doctor's office or whatever it was. But I somehow I ended up like in a situation where I had to go to the doctor. And that was when they were like, so you're pregnant. And oh, by the way, you're like five months pregnant. Uh, like four to five months pregnant. And I was like, oh, uh, that's like not. Like my first reaction was that's not possible. Because I thought that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. Um but I mean like the science doesn't lie. <laughs> uh they I like took a test. Um, like I made I basically like made them redo everything. And because that's who I am. I was like, no, you're like you're wrong. Like it's not me. It's definitely you. And uh oh no, it was me. It was for sure me. Uh I was wrong. <laughs> very, very wrong. And so when I finally got to a place where It was like, there's just, there's no denying, like, it's a thing that is happening in my life. Um, Yeah. I became very scared. Very, 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 very afraid. So afraid, in fact, that I tried, like, I I debated on whether or not to even tell anybody. I was in a relationship at the time. A romantic relationship um, at the time. Then I found out and I debated whether to tell them whether or not I was actually pregnant. Eventually, I did tell them um, and they were thrilled. I was in a relationship with a woman and she was absolutely thrilled. I, I remember I remember that very vividly. And the reason that I bring that up is because she came from a family that didn't believe in abortion, adamantly did not believe in abortion uh, very, very adamantly did not believe in abortion, made that incredibly clear right off the top. There was also no consideration at all for, you know, adoption, like zero consideration. It was like, no, we were going to have this baby and then we were going to figure out how to like raise it together. Um, and at 20 years old, uh, at least for me, I was utterly terrified, like utterly just like petrified of the thought of bringing a child into this world because I could look around and I could see that this was not going to be a good environment for this child. I, we, I, we were not in a place that we were like living in a hotel. Like we were in and like nobody had a job. Like we were in no condition to bring another variable into this storyline. Like it was we had no business at all not even from like a moral and ethical standpoint like you know the morals and ethics of bringing a child into this insane thing that we call life and like the world that life is revolved around like not even that choice it was very much like we have no business bringing a baby into like nobody has a job there's no real like evidence that anybody is really looking for a job like we're in like we're barely in school um i am very emotionally unstable you are very emotionally unstable like we're living out of a hotel we have like no money and you want to add to this Uh, it's not gonna happen like that's it's going to blow up in our face this is not at all what needs to occur eventually uh, my parents found out and my parents are very were very 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 supportive of kind of whatever i wanted to do i mean to the point where like like my dad was like you know i will come be with you uh if you decide to have an abortion kind of a thing and my mom too very supportive of like the decision that i tried to make you know whatever choice i was going to make adoption you know, it didn't really matter i guess what i'm trying to say is that there were no good options In that situation um, I was kind of at the end of my rope and it was very much like I have to choose the best of the bad ideas (laughs) Uh, and 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 of choosing the best of the bad ideas I had to choose what was best for me and um, yeah uh, it didn't and it never really had ever occurred to me up until that point that there would be somebody in my life that I would be with that would just simply refuse to look at the other options that were available. Um, And then when presented with those options, just shut them down um, and use their faith as the basis for why we have to keep this child. And uh, that was overwhelmingly terrifying to me uh, because like I said, I could look around and go, uh, all all red flags i mean all red flags aside like if we just look at this from like a logical like science kind of perspective like this is a horrible plan like we have we don't even have a plan there's no plan here and i i i remember being i remember after like trying to breach these options and like present them and it's entirely possible i don't remember the way in which I presented those options to to her. I don't really remember if I'm being honest. I probably didn't do it in the most like compassionate way or like the best way possible to present it, if I even tried at all because my tendency in those situations is to like clam up and sort of shut down and make and get very quiet. And internalize everything and you know um, speak very little speak very very little and if anything very meekly when I do speak and be very kind of not really forceful but very like well what about this and then when that option gets shut down just kind of be like okay and kind of go on and then make my own decision kind of without you kind of without you and I remember uh so I, I I I I remember all of those things happening and I remember when I had like it was terrifying on all levels like absolutely utterly terrifying on all levels <laughs> and it was incredibly traumatic too because I was only pregnant like well, that's not true I was only with the knowledge that i was pregnant for about a week before i miscarried and so i really only had the information for a very short period of time and i remember i start like when it began to like start happening i was spotting and i i remember like googling like, is this bad? Kind of a thing. Like, I had, I didn't know. I, what did I know? I knew nothing. I knew absolutely nothing. Um, I thought I knew everything. I still think I know everything. I don't. I absolutely don't. Um, like, not even close. Like, the more that I learn, the more I'm like, wow, Abigail, you're a complete moron. Um, I feel stupid a lot. <laughs> like, really dumb, like, all the time. Uh, because there's like, I'll get presented with information and I'm like, hmm, well, huh. I never thought about it like that. Interesting. And now I feel like an idiot. Um, and I remember like Googling is spotting bad. (laughs) And then I remember like, like, and this is kind of the problem with like Googling stuff. Um, and sort of like trying to self-diagnose, um, And I knew better. 100% I knew better. Like, I have so many people that I know that are in, like, the healthcare profession. And, like, their number one gripe, especially, like, in the ER, is your Google search does not equate to my medical degree. And it 100% doesn't. Like, it 1,000% does not. And that's... And I totally get it. It makes complete sense to me. Like, please stop... Like, from the healthcare perspective, like, please stop Googling shit. And just... Like listen to us okay like we know what we're talking about like you have no idea and sort of my like like a lot of like my proof in that is not just the fact that like I have had numerous people in the healthcare profession like tell me that this is like their number one like one of their main gripes but like personal experience like I googled is spotting like bad kind of a thing because I don't know I didn't know I was 20 I was barely 20 years old like I found out I was pregnant like on my 20th birthday like the day I turned 20 I found out I was pregnant um happy birthday to me like no it was awful <laughs> but I just remember googling it and not getting a good answer like there were some websites that I found that were like no it's normal like it's completely fine um, and then other ones that were like, no, bad, like red flags, like this is not good. I ended, up, and I, then I ended up going to the hospital uh, because I was freaking out because I couldn't. Fi- I had no idea. I was like, I don't know. Like, is this good? Is this bad? No one can tell me. I, the internet can't help me here. Like, it feels like nobody's really knows. So I ended up like going to the hospital, and you know, they take you to like the maternity ward. Blah 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 blah. It was very dramatic. It was very very dramatic. They like. Um, the minute like the people found out that I was pregnant, they were like, no, don't walk, like lay down in this bed. Like all the, I was like, well, this is like a level of it was like a level of drama that I was like very, very uncomfortable with. And I was like, oh, this seems very dramatic. Like I'm just bleeding like a little bit. Like I am I feel like I kind of I don't know, like just this is can we take a pause? Maybe. I don't know, please. Um. Yeah, it was very dramatic. And I'm like laying in this hospital bed in the maternity ward which already i was like this is surreal this is like i have i i'm about to have like an out-of-body experience because this is like what have i done like it was very much you know what are you doing with your life abigail like (laughs) like (laughs) like what are you doing how did we get here not good choices not good choices like no bad choices Abigail what what's happened and then it started to get really traumatic because so I'm like laying in this hospital bed and they do like an ultrasound and stuff and that jelly is fucking cold okay like that jelly is fucking cold I remember that I remember like they put it on my stomach, and I was like, oh, oh eh. very cold, very cold. There's got to be a way to, like, warm that lube up. There's got to be a way. Come on, guys. There's got to be a way. With all with the way that medical science has advanced, there's got to be a way to, like, lube it up. I don't know. If, I actually don't know if the temperature, like, affects the way the ultrasound machine runs. Um, but maybe? Can we try something? Uh, heat up that lube a little bit. But regardless so they (laughs) they do the ultrasound and they find the baby and they were like we can tell you what the sex of the child is and i got to hear the heartbeat and that's when i was like oh that's the moment that it became real it became real to me that moment um because before they had just done like a like a urine like a urine test and then when i was like uh no you're wrong uh they were like okay for sure we're wrong so they did a blood test and that's when they were and and yeah yeah they weren't wrong i was wrong and so i hadn't up to that point i hadn't like had anything you know uh like i hadn't been able i had no ultrasound no prenatal vitamins like nothing and i remember hearing the heartbeat and i remember them asking like we can tell you what the sex of the baby is and i remember this very like it was very out of body for me like it didn't it was one of those times where i was like like i saw myself say the words and then like immediately after the words came out of my mouth i was like did i really say that out loud Or like, what's happening? Because what I said was, no, do not tell me. Because I think in my brain, it was like, if I knew, like I'd already heard the heartbeat and they said that the heartbeat was good and it was strong and like everything was fine and it was okay, um, but like, did I wanna know? And I remember being like, no, no, do not tell me. And I think it kind of took the nurse aback a little bit. I don't remember if I said it like really forcefully, if it was like, no, like, no, don't, like a lot of fear in that voice. Um, I don't remember how I said it. I just remember saying like, no, I don't want to know. Uh, because I think in my brain, it was very like, if I know the sex of the baby, I will become more attached And then this will make everything even harder because, like I said, I I only I had just found out like seven days beforehand that I was even pregnant, so this was all very very fast, um, very very. I was I was very much feeling like, where are the brakes on this car? Like, I need a minute. Where are the breaks? Because I haven't even had a second to, like, process this information yet. I need the emergency brake pulled. I need to go into immediate park. Like, we need to slow this down and stop it right now. Because I haven't even had time to process the fact that I... The news that I'm pregnant, much less the sex of the child. Like, there's no... I like it was too much. So that happens and they tell me everything's like completely fine. It's all going to be good, blah 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 blah, all the stuff. And they release me. They release me from the hospital. And and I I so I left the hospital because the woman that I was with, the person that I was with, excuse me. Um she was having, like, some health problems of her own. And so she had gone back to the ER to see if they could help her with stuff, um, with, like, what she was um, struggling with. Like, what it wasn't emotional. It was, like, physical pain. Um, And so she... So I remember they released me, and I went to find her in the ER. And, um, I don't know if it was, like... I, don't, I remember feeling like I had to go to the bathroom a lot, like a lot. And so I think it was about maybe an hour, an hour, two, three, at the, like it was not very long after they had released me from the maternity ward that I just kept feeling like I had to go to the bathroom a lot. And I remember I went to the bathroom. Um, I went to the bathroom several times, but like one of the times a couple hours after, I went to the bathroom and there was this and I and I like I felt like I had to pee and I went and this like bubble came out and I was very confused. I knew it was bad. Um, I knew that this was not supposed to be happening. And, you know, so I you know, in the bathrooms, they have this like emergency cord kind of a thing that you can pull um, if something goes wrong while you're in the bathroom. So I pulled that, I was like, get me out of here. I don't know what's going on. And they came and got me and um, rushed me back to the maternity ward. And I remember the nurse, cause it was the same nurse that had you know, asked me, do I wanna know what the sex of the child is? And told me that everything was fine and that the heartbeat was strong and everything was good. Uh, I remember she came in and she was like you're miscarrying and it was like the look on her face like she like she didn't understand because she was like you know I just saw you like two hours ago and everything was fine and now we're here and you're miscarrying and I don't remember like feeling that same kind of way with her. I remember just If I'm being perfectly honest, I remember like immense relief, like immense, immense relief. Because it was to me, um, and I've said this many times before, I'm not religious. I'm not a religious person. I don't do organized religion. If I am anything, it would be like spiritual, I guess, if anything at all. But I remember feeling like immense relief and being like, The fucking universe knew, man. Thank you, universe. It was almost like I was absolved. I remember this feeling of like, almost feeling like I was absolved of, because I I felt like I was absolved of having to make those choices. Like I was very much absolved of like, I didn't like, I didn't actually have to make any of the bad decisions because that choice was made for me. And like, just a wave of relief came over me being like okay we can do this like and I remember sort of having a conversation with myself going okay 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 the choice has been made the choice got made for you and I'm fine with the choice that was made Um, I know this is gonna be really hard and really traumatic uh, but the choice was made The choice was made, the choice was made, the choice was made. And it was a choice that was made that I didn't foresee happening. I didn't expect to happen. It was a choice. It was something that I didn't have to choose because the universe chose it for me. And I remember feeling, just feeling like that, just feeling very like, okay. But knowing that it was going to be hard, knowing it was going to be probably traumatic for me, Not knowing how traumatic, but just knowing that like this is going to be hard. This is going to suck. But it's okay because this is honestly the best thing that could have happened um, in this situation. I'm in the hospital. All this stuff happens. Um, I'm completely alone, by the way. Like nobody's there with me. And that's okay. That was okay with me. That was that was fine with me. Because what I tend to do when other people are involved, like if there was if there had been somebody else there, my, uh, my focus would have shifted from me to what that other person needed. And I would have just like, buried and buried and buried and buried and buried. And uh, it would have sort of very much like delayed the healing process. Not that I didn't do that. Anyway, I 100% did like, delayed that healing process, because, um, that's a level of pain that, like, I didn't, I didn't know that I could feel, but I did, um, and I didn't want to feel that, nobody wants, that doesn't feel good, uh, that sucks, like, a lot, it's a level of pain that it's just, like, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? 18 plus. Wow. Whole new level. Whole new level. And so it was probably better that I didn't have anybody there for me at that time because I wasn't really able to, like, I wasn't able to distract myself and push it onto somebody else and, like, focus on them. And I didn't have an excuse. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I didn't have an excuse to, like, not deal with it. And so. Uh, yeah, (laughs) it happened. Um, There was, I bled a lot. I, I, I don't know how common that is, but I, I, I bled a lot. I bled so much that like they had to start giving me blood, blood everywhere. They had to come in and like change the sheets like every 45 minutes because I was bleeding that much. I am an incredibly stubborn person though. Like, and that can be a good thing and that can be a bad thing. And in this case, it was a bad thing because... Like I said, I thought I knew everything, and I thought that I was like, I can do this. Like it's fine. I'm, I am a strong, independent woman. I don't need anybody else. Like this will be fine. I can do this. Like fuck off, everybody. Not the case. (laughs) I tried to convince myself that that was true. Wasn't. Well, not no, not true. Because. I did, and and by stubborn, I mean, like, I did everything that they told me not to do. (laughs) Like, they, I mean, they very clearly were, like, and for good reason, by the way, 100% a good reason. Like, they were, like, you're bleeding so much. Like, we need to make sure that, like, if you need to go to the bathroom, like, you call us before you go to the bathroom. (laughs) And, okay, so, like, let's just take a step back like let's zoom out really quick so i'm 20 years old barely barely i'm 7 days into being 20 years old <laughs> i am in the middle of miscarrying i'm bleeding so much they have to come change the sheets every 30 to 45 minutes and they have to give me blood they want to put a catheter in but i refuse to like let them put a catheter in and I'm like, because I'm like, I can do this. Like, I can do this. It's fine. I'm strong. I can do this. That's insane. That is an insane line of thinking. That is insane. That's crazy. I was a crazy person. I am a crazy person. Like, that's crazy. Take the help that they're offering you, you stubborn child. Oh, my God. (laughs) And, but of course, I didn't. I absolutely didn't because I wanted to believe I could do it by myself. And I mean, like, so, okay, so fast forward. So they, I remember them telling me very vividly, like, when, when you miscarry, when you actually miscarry, put, like, do not look, do not look. And, and th- I think that was one of the reasons why they wanted me to, like, go to the bathroom because like working help like, working walking helps like induce that so that like it can like help your body to like move it move it along kind of a thing and so like so they're like you have to call us like you you've got to call us like when you have to go to the bathroom i think that the main reason that they wanted like me to physically go to the bathroom is because like the toilet would have been like a receptacle a receptacle to like to catch the child to catch the child in and but of course I didn't I absolutely didn't I did not like I because like my thinking at that point was like well I have to go now and it's gonna take um you know a while to like even get around to me so fuck that like I'm just gonna do it myself oh my god <laughs> so I get up and there's blood everywhere like on the like I slipped on the blood like on my own blood going to the bathroom and I'm like crawling to the bathroom I like get to the bathroom and I like sit down on the toilet and it happens and then I'm like and I hear this like plop and I'm like like I know I know what just happened and so I'm like yanking on this cord like in the bath like the emergency like help me now help me it's happened and of course I look of course of course I look I I, like I said I did everything they told me not to do because I'm crazy like I'm an insane person and so I did everything they were like don't do and I looked and it was like in that moment that I just lost it Like I lost it. I completely lost it. I just started bawling my eyes out. Just bawling. Just completely bawling. And they come in and they do the thing and blah, 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 blah. And I get back into the bed only to find out that like my placenta didn't come out, which if you know anything about that, that can be really scary because it can cause like a lot. It can cause serious infections and you can die like you can get septic and die Um, amongst many, many, many other things that's like bad news bears kind of a deal uh if your placenta doesn't come out so that in and of itself was like super um super traumatic because then they're like pushing these pills like into my pussy, um to like induce so that like the the placenta will come out it was a whole thing and it happened very dramatic Very dramatic. A lot of the drama, though, I feel like could have been eliminated if I had just listened and been willing to like accept the help that I was being given, um, being offered and very much being given. Um, A lot of that like drama could have been eliminated if I had just not been a stubborn child. Uh, Can't do anything about it now, though. So kind of is what it is. And the whole thing happened, you know, and it was incredibly traumatic for me. And I remember thinking, like, I never want to go through it. Like, I never want to go through anything like that again, ever. It actually, like, scared me off from, like, having kids. Like, it, it, it I, ha- I, like, now have this probably a little bit of an unhealthy fear of, like, having children. But, yeah, like, it was something that I was just like, yeah, no, not for me. Don't want to do that ever again. That's not, nothing about that was fun. Um, that was horrible. I never want to do that again, ever. So yeah, so that was like a thing. um incredibly traumatic, very dramatic as well. Um, like I said, a lot of that could have been eliminated if I had just been willing to take the help that I was being offered and listened, listened. Wouldn't do that either. Oh, Abigail but i'm try- I'm getting better i'm 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 trying to get a lot better about like. About all of those things, Um, especially since I think I've gotten a lot better from that, like from that, uh, like from that point in time. Uh, But yeah, so, (laughs) uh, so that was that. Now, fast forward a couple of years. So I was twenty-four. So this was rather recently, within the last four or five years, kind of a thing again. I was on birth control I was I was trying to do every because that was because that was so traumatic for me I like I didn't have sex for a really long time um not with a man anyway I didn't have sex with a man for a very long time after that and I so because I wasn't having sex with men I kind of like shied away a little bit from birth control um, because I was like, well, it's not even possible. Like, it can't happen if I'm like exclusively having sex with women. But then, uh, you know, things started to get a little bit more normalized in my life. Like, things started to calm down, and I moved to Texas. And uh, you know, I I decided, okay, so I moved, I moved here. Like, we're gonna we're gonna start over. We're going to kind of a clean slate, fresh start, sort of a thing. And so I I made an appointment, you know, as you do for your annual exam. And I decided that I wanted to get back on birth control, but I knew I didn't want to do the pill because I had a very traumatic experience with with that. Um, And so I need I wanted something a little bit more like reliable. Um, Now, I knew people who had like got the thing in their arm um so I was like looking into doing that um and I was like talking to my doctor about it and she was like well have you heard of an IUD um it lasts for like 5 years we put it in and then you're good for 5 years like it's good to go and I was like well cuz cuz she was like well the thing in your arm like it can have a lot of side effects including like You know, weight gain, and I know you said that that was sort of a thing. She did say, though, that, like, it kind of didn't really matter what birth control I was on. That was going to be a side effect, like weight gain or weight loss was going to be, like, it was going to affect my weight just because of the hormones and stuff, and so but she said but the reason that i went with the iud was because the thing in your arm i don't even remember what it's called but the thing in your arm only lasts for like three years but the iud was like she was like not last for five years and i was like well let's do that one because i don't plan on having no babies for like a long time i don't even know if i want kids at all ever so i did that so i was like okay we're gonna do the iud by the way guys (laughs) it's pretty painful when they put that shit in i was like i mean i like breathe i I, like had to like breathe through it but they're like all up in there like inside like fucking with shit and it's like it's not comfortable like it's not fun okay it's pretty painful (laughs) i was able to like breathe through it but you know it's one of those things where you're just like this is not good like they're fucking with shit like what if they screw some shit up like they're inside of me oh my god (laughs) Just like, and they're like trying to talk to me while and I'm just like, dude, can you shut the fuck up, please? Like, I just need to I need quiet right now because I need to focus on not feeling pain right now because this is this isn't fun. And, 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 and like the whole mantra, I was like, it lasts for five years, it lasts for five years, it lasts for five Like that was the mantra that I was telling myself to kind of like get through it. So they do the thing. And now if you know anything about IUDs, they look like a T. And but like the so like the top of the T, they're like these little arms that come up um, and they make the top of the T for the IUD and just like sits there and there's a little string and all this stuff. Um, blah, 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 blah. And because I have the worst luck on the planet when they put it in um, through no fault of anyone's own, by the way, like I do not blame the doctor or the nurse practitioner or anybody who like it's it was just a fluke. It was just a fluke. It really what It was like, I do believe that like accidents happen and that like crazy things, you know, crazy things can happen to people. And um, so when they put this one in, one of the arms didn't go up. And so it like didn't work. And we didn't know until um, because after you get the IUD and like I said, it's pretty painful. And they did tell me they were like my doctor and like the nurse practitioner and everybody were like, you know, like, don't like, go out and, like, have sex right away, like, uh, like you're gonna be really sore, <laughs> like, your flow's gonna be, like, it's gonna be crazy for, like, a couple of weeks, so, like, just keep that in mind, like, blah, 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 and I, so I was like, okay, and so I didn't really know that there was anything really wrong until, like, it had been a couple of weeks, and I was like, something like, is really not right here. Like, like, it hurts, like, but it's, like, this is, it's been, like, like, well beyond the time that they told me that, like, this should be, like, hurting, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, like, I'm definitely, like, like, hurting, like, not sore, like, hurting, like, something isn't right. And so I went back to the doctor, and that's when they found out that, like, the arm didn't go up like one of the arms didn't go up and like all this stuff and just like a you know like a malfunction kind of a thing like it just like a dud like a dud iud like i just happened to get like the dud and so i'm freaking out again i'm freaking the fuck out again because i had had sex with my boyfriend at the time and i was like oh my god here we go again and because of my experience with the miscarriage was so traumatic i basically didn't tell anybody like i didn't tell anybody anything until the very last possible second um for a long time it was just he and i that knew um and i basically didn't give him a choice because i had i I feel like when the miscarriage situation happened when i was pregnant the first time i felt like Those all of my options except for keeping the child had been taken away from me. And so I got I made a choice out of fear that those choice that if I told anybody that I was going to get like if I got a second opinion kind of a thing, then those options were going to go away instantly again. And so it was better for me if I just didn't tell anybody and made the choice on my own. And I chose to have an abortion because, again, I looked around and I was like, you know, I work at like a minimum. I I have a good job. I do have a good job um, that has really good benefits. But I barely make enough to support me. And there's no way in hell that either one of us could support a child because we both barely make enough to support each other. Plus... I got very, very afraid that if I chose to keep the child, that the person that I was with, he would feel like I had trapped him, and that was not okay with me. And I had a little bit more leeway. Because I was in a better place, I had a little bit more leeway, I feel, to to f- figure out the like the moral and ethical implications of the choices that i was going to make and i felt like i had a little bit more leeway to explore those options now i found out at eight weeks so i'm gonna let that sink in for a second i found out at eight weeks that this was what was happening and luckily, I did have a doctor who was very supportive um, in whatever choices that I chose and whatever choice I chose to make. Definitely presented me with all of my options and was pretty much like. With the Lucky Lance you can get lucky just about anywhere. whatever you decide to do kind of a thing. And I knew that I wasn't strong enough to have the child and give it up for adoption. I knew, I knew myself well enough to know at that point that I was not strong enough to give the child up for adoption. And if that is a choice that you have made in your life, that is a, just know that that takes a level of strength that I do not possess. And I don't think that I will ever have that level of strength to be able to give your child away that's a level of strength I do not have and I don't know if I will ever have because that's something that I that would have torn me apart from the inside out and I knew that I knew that about myself that I wasn't strong enough to do that so I had to take that off the table for me and I had to take the um the keep the child's off the table for me too because like I said I looked around and we could barely support each other you know yes I had a good job with good benefits and everything but I was barely making it on my own and I really 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 did not want to have to wrestle with the idea that if I chose to keep this child that the person who I was with at the time would feel trapped I was not okay with doing that. I couldn't, that would have also shredded me from the inside, just completely torn me apart. And that's not an environment that I wanted to bring a child into. Um, And I I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And if you want to say that's because I wasn't strong enough to do it, then by all means, if that makes you feel better, then you're probably right. I wasn't strong enough to do it because i couldn't i just couldn't so i chose to have an abortion um and like i said i found out at eight weeks the law in texas now is that you can't have an abortion after six weeks and i know for a fact that most people don't find out unless you are trying to have a baby unless you are consciously making a concerted effort to have a child um most women don't find out that they're pregnant until between You know, it's like eight to 16 weeks is when they find out that they're pregnant. It was like eight or nine weeks pregnant when this happened. And so I chose to have an abortion, got it done. Now I will say that I probably didn't handle it the most gracefully because like I said, I didn't tell anybody except for the person whose child it was, but the flip side to that coin is that I didn't even tell him until, like, the day before I left. Like, I didn't give him a choice either in that situation. I didn't give him a choice at all. I was like, this is what I'm doing. Um, I'm leaving, like, tomorrow to get, to fix this. And that's, that's it. That's all that's happening. I got really lucky. I got really, really lucky that the person that I was with at the time supported me in that decision and basically looked at it like because I told him I was like you know I'm choosing this for a myriad of reasons one of which being I don't want you to feel trapped because uh, hot take just because you have a child with someone you are now linked to that person for the rest of your life and I know some people are like no 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 like once they turn 18 like it's all bets are off not true completely untrue you are now linked with that person for the rest of your life graduations weddings funerals holidays if that child decides to have children of them of their own it does for the rest of your life you are linked with that person forever 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 until the day you die you are linked with that person for good or bad or ugly You're linked with that person because you have a child with them. And so an argument could be made that I didn't trap him for forever, uh, but I did trap him in the choice that I chose to make for selfish reasons. I can see an argument being made for that, um, for selfish reasons. And yes, it was a selfish reason. It came out of a place of love and it came out of a place of fear as well it came out of both and i think that it can i think that it can come out of both places um the fear being that i would trap this person for forever but also the fear of if i didn't make the decision myself then a choice was going to be made for me and i didn't like what those choices were because i knew i couldn't do them and out of a place of love because i did love that person enough to at least tell them What I was choosing to do. And like I said, I got really lucky because he was very supportive, very, very supportive of the choice that I made. I went by myself to get this done. But because I wasn't like super far along, I was only like I said, about eight or nine weeks along. It was a pill. I took the pills kind of a thing, which to be perfectly honest ended up being slightly more traumatic than I thought because it triggered my addictive side. It triggered that addictive part in my brain. And because I was a recovering addict uh, from prescription pill medication, um, it like really triggered that part of my addiction. Oddly enough, I did not choose to go back to pills. Um, I chose to drink my pain away, which didn't work because it never works. Uh, It works for a little while, but it eventually stops working. So trying to find the answers at the bottom of a bottle never works because the answers aren't at the bottom of the bottle, unfortunately, at least not for me. But yeah, so it was traumatic in a different way. It was like it was almost like it was too easy. Like I felt like it was too easy and like this, like I I should be punished for this. I need to be like this. This was supposed to be like just as traumatic as the as the miscarriage was supposed to be because for for a long time I felt like I deserved that that trauma from the miscarriage and so when I realized that it was like just a pill that I had to take you know in order for for it to do its thing it was like it was just very much like this is too easy like this 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 feels like too easy because I called myself a murderer. I did. I was like, I'm 100% being a murderer right now. And I had to wrestle with that a lot. That was, that I think, you know, kind of goes back to what I've said before about uh, I'm really mean to myself and I'm like super good at being mean to myself. It was like I, it was like I had to figure out a way to like make this horrible for me uh, because I felt like I, I was doing some horrible, terrible thing when in reality, I was just taking care of myself and doing the best that I knew how to do with taking care of the romantic relationship that I was in at the time. Mostly though, taking care of myself and what I wanted for my life. And yeah, so now I probably have, that prob- a lot of that probably has a lot to do with why I don't have children yet just from those experiences. And also, you know, being given the time to think about like, what does that mean to have a child and to bring a child into this world? And I realized that I take life a lot more seriously than I thought that I did, which is a little bit disappointing. Like I'm slightly like disappointed in myself for taking life as seriously as I apparently do, because there is a giant part of me that's like, it's like life is really not that serious of a thing but apparently i take life a lot more seriously than i could have because you know that than i could have believed that i did or that i do because it like messed me up for so long therapy's so great you guys oh my god therapy is so amazing it's like i would i would 100 percent be a complete wreck if therapy did not exist so I like highly recommend therapy um, especially if you're going through something like this like this is terrible especially with the new law that was passed but I mean I'm like slightly disappointed in myself that I take life that seriously but also not because I feel like because I know that about myself now though that like I do take life a lot more seriously than I thought that I did it really makes me think it really makes me think about like what kind of life would I need to have in order for me to feel comfortable bringing a child into this world? And I know what that looks like for me. And I'm not there yet, which is how I've made peace with not having kids right now. That's not to say that I will never have children. It's definitely not something I want to do right now. Like I'm 100% re-up in my birth control. My- so after the abortion happened, I came back everything was fine. Everything looked good. I was, you know, I was okay. I got a new IUD inserted correctly this time, <laughs> or not correctly, but like, all the little arms came up, everything was fine. Um, and so all that was good. And my birth control is actually up next year. And my husband knows uh, that I will be re-upping uh, for another five years because we have had that discussion. Um, and both of us know what that looks like for us. We're very open about that with each other about no, no babies, no babies, not right now. Anyway, um, maybe at some point, maybe, um, but no babies right now, no babies. So I will be re-upping on my IUD going through that wonderful process again. And I really, you know, aside from that experience that I had, I really do like the IUD I really do. I haven't had any problems at all since um with it and it's really done its job and I'm I couldn't be happier with the IUD. Yeah. I I'm a pretty big advocate for the IUD, especially because it lasts for five years. Um apparently in Europe the they ha- they put IUDs in that last for seven years, which I thought was kind of fun and cool. I was like, Oh, if only, if only But, yeah, I think the ones here in the States only last for five years. But I will be re-upping because noob Nope. Noob, 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 noob. I also don't think I'd be a great mom. Like, I really don't think I'd be that awesome of a mom because I'm a pretty selfish person just in general. So, not the kind of person I think that needs to be a mother. (laughs) Yeah, so, I have, me and my husband have discussed, though, Uh, because i do have a lot of like moral and ethical dilemmas with bringing a child into this world and we have discussed uh being foster parents that's something i think i could do i think i could do that because i am of the firm belief that like there's eight billion people on this planet we don't need any more babies we don't need anyone else we don't need anyone new the ship is full Thank you, next. Like, we we don't need anybody else. We need to take care of the people that we already have on planet Earth. And so I have a lot of, like, ethical issues uh, just personally, like with that side of bringing a child into this world um, because I know that there are too many people in foster care right now that need good homes. Um, so we've played with the idea of, of doing something like that. But who knows? Who knows? Definitely not right now. Uh, neither one of us are in a place where we think that <laughs> we need to be taking care of anybody other than each other because <laughs> we're we're just not in a place emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually to um, be trying to add another person to the mix. Like we're, no, 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 no. So that's definitely like something that's on hold. Um, And we both lucked out. We both got really, really lucky that we don't have neither one of us have parents who are like forcing that on us you know that we we don't really have the narrative of like when are you gonna give us grandkids like that's not a part of the narrative so we got really lucky in that our parents are both pretty supportive in whatever we choose to do as far as children are concerned so yeah yeah that's good that makes me that makes everything a lot easier When you don't have that kind of pressure on you. And for those of you that do, don't listen. You don't need to do that. Don't do that to yourself. You don't need to do that. You can 100% blame me and tell them that Auntie Abigail said that that was bullshit. And that you get to choose. You get to decide when you want to have babies and when you want to have no babies. Okay? Okay. So, yeah. Throw me under the bus. It's totally fine. I'll support that. (laughs) But Yeah. That's kind of all I have to say on that. I hope you liked it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some insight and some perspective um, on this like really hot button issue. Next week, we have Amanda Weber coming on who was super fun to talk to. Oh my gosh, we talked for such a long time. It's actually going to be a two-parter with her. So that's really exciting. And she's super interesting and fun to talk to. And she has a lot of good insight. So I hope you guys enjoy that. That'll be next week. Um, As always, you can... Email me at ManicPixieWeirdo at protonmel.com if you want to share your thoughts, your feelings, or, um, you know, anything like that. Uh, follow us on the Twitters at MP Weirdo Podcast. The Instagram is the underscore main underscore weirdo one. The Pinterest is the underscore main underscore weirdo two one. Uh, check out our new website, ManicPixieWeirdo at um That's the email, ManicPixieWeirdo at ProtonMail.com. podcast dot com is the brand new website that we have up and you can send me emails and you can send me voicemails so if there's anything that you want to say or anything like that um shoot me a voicemail shoot me a voicemail uh let me know what your thoughts feelings insights experience strengths and hopes are all of the things and as always be kind and stay weird guys love you thanks for listening bye